0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Amen. Amen. All right. You got your Bible? Go with me to Romans 4. Romans 4, as our ushers are receiving that again. You heard the, the men's event is Saturday, the 16th. It's too deep to be determined because they don't know what time that game's at. So that's what that means. Also, partnership is Sunday, November 3rd. Sign up at the info table. There's a paid child care meeting this Sunday. You can sign up at the info um, center again. I got a big one right here from February 6th to the 8th of 2020. Well, it's hard to think of 2020. That's the marriage or uh, the ex marriage retreat. You say, man, that's, that's a long time away. No, it's not. And so again, make plans to be there. I'm telling you, it's going to be off the chart good this year. So I welcome all of you to that. Just some thoughts that you can start going ahead and planning for that. Okay, we're heading to Romans chapter 4. I'm going to talk to you about a couple areas of faith tonight. And one of the areas that every one of us at times have difficulty is with our vocabulary. vocabulary and i'm i'm not talking about we pronounce words wrong your english and that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about our vocabulary or the words that come out of my mouth they have the ability to limit my faith now this was this was spoken to me day after day after day for a whole year mark 11:23 and whosoever will say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but he believes those things he saith, he'll have whatever he says. Now that tells me right there, you better get a hold of what's coming out of your mouth. You better pay close attention. And so I, I remember when I would begin to hear this scripture that there was an older man that would sit by me and he would say, you've, you've got to get your tongue where it's in line with the word of God. Speak the word, speak the word. I mean, day after day, he would say that to me. I was young at that time, and that's speak the word, speak the word, get the word in your mouth, get it in there, okay? So we begin here with Romans chapter 4, verse 20. This is talking about a man named Abraham, and it says, He, Abraham, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. Now, when we see the waver, the word waver, we don't see that there very often. The King James says stagger. The word stagger means to argue within yourself, or better yet, you have difficulty making up your mind. So when we see here, Abraham didn't waver at the promises of God. That means Abraham had his heart, his mind, and even his tongue fixed on the word of God. How do we know it was fixed on the word of God? Because look what it says. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. So here's what happens with every one of us. When I give my heart to Jesus, the Bible is loaded with promises. And as a born-again believer, you're an heir or a recipient of those promises. And so when I find a promise of God, i got to come to a place where I said, Lord, I'm going to believe this. I'm I'm not going to waver at this. I'm going to make your word priority. And so again, when it says that he didn't waver through unbelief, is because it was like Abraham said, God made me a promise and he's going to do it. He's gonna do it. Keep reading. Through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And so, when we see this statement that he was strengthened in faith, the promise that God gave him, he waited for it for 10 years. I don't know if you've ever known that about him. How many have ever struggled waiting on something from God for 10 minutes? 10 years, 10 years. And so it says he was strengthened in faith. And so Abraham's faith, rather than growing weak, grew stronger and stronger. Now here's a nugget for every one of us in here. He said, but was strengthened in faith. How was it strengthened? And he kept giving glory to God. You know what I believe he was doing? He said, I thank you, Father God, for your promises. I thank you for your promises, Father God. I thank you, you're you're faithful. I thank you, Father God. Let me give you a little insight about this guy named Abraham. And I'm not doing this in a disrespectful way at all to him. But Abraham wasn't a superhero, okay? Abraham grew up in an area called um, Tehran or Tehran, Haran. H-A-R-A-N. Haran. And it's in modern day Iraq. It's between the Euphrates and the Tigris River. A very ungodly region. And so for him to walk in the promises of God, he went on a 1,500-mile journey back into the area of Israel. Now, listen to this about this guy named Abraham. And the reason I'm highlighting this because a lot of times we think, well, the only people that walk in these blessings are people that are just great men of God. They were perfect. He wasn't perfect. This was a man that when I began to, to study him, he lied twice about his wife. Twice! And he said, she's not my wife, she's my sister. And then this is the same man that later on in life, he had a child at a wedlock with the the maid or the housekeeper. And if you study that story, he may say, well, my wife Sarah told me to, to go in with this woman. Well, just because Sarah told him, did that make it right? No. And so I highlight those things. But again, it showed me that this is a guy that gave his heart to the Lord. And then he'd begin to stand on the promises of God. He wouldn't let him go. Verse 21. And being fully convinced. And being fully convinced. Being fully satisfied. Being fully sure. The New International Version says. He was fully persuaded. Now let me ask you something here. When it comes to a promise of God. Are you fully convinced? Or are you fully persuaded? See, a lot of times i found this out in the area of my life. The way I can normally tell if I'm really, really fully convinced or fully persuaded in the promise of God is the words that come out of my mouth. Oftentimes, your tongue will locate you. And he goes on to say here that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And so right here, he held tight to the promises that God made. He said, if God promised this, he's gonna make it good. Now, something happens where I get to a place in my life like that, and I believe it's a thing that's like bulldog faith. You see that promise of God, and you don't let go of that promise until you're walking in it. Same chapter, verse 24, verse 23. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed or accredited to him. But it was also written for us. Let it. But it was also written for us. It shall be imputed or accredited to us. Listen to this. Who believe in him. Who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. So think about what he just said. The very promises that God made to Abraham. He said they're accredited to you and me. We can walk in the same, the promises. Now, if you really want to study the, problem, the promises that he made him, it's in Genesis 12, verses 1 and 2, and it jumps on into 3. It says, basically, that God said, I want to bless you. I want to multiply you. I want to make your name great. I want to bless you to be a blessing. Now, it is interesting here that he said the same things that God imputed or accredited to him, he's done it to me and you. But the nugget right there is got to believe what God said. i got to get to a place in my heart where that resonates on the inside of me and becomes real. It becomes alive and real within me. Now turn with me to the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. So again, i got to continue in the word of God. And, and when I begin to hear these promises of God, I come to a place in my life where I believe them. And I begin to to speak them. That's how I position myself with the word of God. I believe it and I begin to speak it. Uh, Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So guess what? When you believe something, you're going to start talking about it. If I told you what God's doing in my life, let me tell you what God's doing in my life. And again, all this points back to God. Now, I'm I'm taking you to Hebrews chapter 11. As we're going there, I'm just going to quote a verse to you. In John 10, 10, it says the thief, which is the devil, comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what the devil wants. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy against every one of us. Now, here's the thought here. Often we overlook one of the most crucial elements that the thief is wanting to steal. And you know what it is? Your faith. He's, he's after your faith. How do we know that? Keep Read with me here. Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith it's impossible to please him. If I don't learn to live by faith. The word of God. It's impossible. I, I can't please him. Now I can read this and I can understand this. But you can guarantee, be guaranteed. The devil knows this verse too. And so he's going to do everything he can to get you off of faith. He's going to try to steal your faith. He's, he's going to try to, to move it where you do not believe it. And so look what he goes on to say. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it really means this according to the New International Version. First of all, that you must believe that God exists. And second of all, that God rewards those who diligently seek him. And so what I want to do tonight is I, I want to stir back up within your faith. I, I want to rekindle within you faith. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, man, my faith is dormant. Better stated, maybe my faith is in hibernation. Well, it needs to wake up. It needs to come back alive. Now, I've been there before in this area. Look with me the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Man, We're just going to keep digging in here tonight, and you're going to see some truths that I believe will help you. And the ultimate goal here is if it's it's impossible to please God without faith, then we're going to get into faith. We're going to stir up faith in here tonight. What is faith? Faith has to do with the Word of God. It's always based on the written Word of God. When I find the written word of God, I come to a place where I believe it and I speak it. i got to get there. i got to believe it and i got to speak it. Romans 1, verse 16. Now this is the apostle Paul talking here. And he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the word of God. For it, the word of God, is the power of God to salvation. Now listen to this. For everyone or anyone who believes. Well, you don't know all the bad things I've done. It, I, mean, I didn't say that. He said the word of God is for anyone who will believe. So guess what? That's every one of us in here. So he says for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So right here, Paul was not ashamed of the gospel. And, and, and this happens for people who put their trust not only in God, but the word of God. that says, you know what? I'm going to believe the word of God. That's how I get born again. That's how I give my heart to Jesus. Verse 17. For in it, in what? The word of God. The righteousness of God, the right standing of God is revealed from faith to faith. In it, the word of God. And so when it says it's revealed from faith to faith, the Amplified says it springs from faith and leading to faith that arouses more faith. So guess what I'm telling you? That's what we're doing tonight. We're gonna stir up faith because we're called to live from faith to faith to faith. As long as I'm on this earth, I'm gonna live by faith. He goes on to say, as it is written, As it is written, the message says, confirming what the scripture has said all along, the just shall live by faith, the righteous shall live by faith. So in saying that right there, my faith, which comes from the word of God, my belief and trust, my reliance on God and his word, that's my lifeline. I'm the just, I've got to learn to live by faith. And so again, is there areas in your life right now that seem hopeless? Is there areas in your life that, so again, I I gotta get back to a place where I stir up faith. I stir up faith within me. Let me share something with you that this, this took place in my life a number of years ago, but it was probably six, seven years ago now, and it was right around Christmas, And we had a Wednesday night service. And after the Wednesday night service, some of our men said, Pastor, right out here by our our heater, we smell strong gas. So they called the gas company out, the gas company checks, and they said, man, you got a bad leak. So he said, we're going to cut your gas off. And I said, no, 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 you can't cut my gas off. It's December and it's cold. And he said, tough, buddy. So I'm looking like, what do you mean you cut my gas? I don't have no heat now, in December. So I come back up here the next day, and I call a guy who they said he can fix it, and he said to me, he said, "Listen, all my crew was off until after Christmas." He said, "I I'll be there on Monday." Well, that's on Thursday. I'm like, oh no no no, dude, you don't understand. I don't have any heat in the building. We end up having church here the next Sunday morning without any heat. Bless all of you who still came. It was 58 degrees in this auditorium. We told him, bring your blankets. We're going to have church. It was out. It was a great day. Monday morning comes around and the guy comes out to fix it. And he looks at me and he goes, this is a lot bigger project than I thought it is. He said, I don't have the manpower to do it. You're going to have to get somebody else. And I thought, I would to choke you in the name of Jesus. I lay hands on you right now. So I call another guy and he said, hey, we'll get a crew out there. We'll be out there Wednesday. So he starts digging out here. And every time he finds a place that's leaking, another foot in back of it, it starts leaking. And he looked at me and said, your gas line is so old, it's just corroded. There's nothing holding it. And I said, so what are we going to do? And he said, well, he said, I'm going to have to dig up your whole gas line. And so I'm thinking, cha-ching, cha-ching. So before he starts doing it, he comes in and he says, I'm just going to tell you right now. He said, it's going to cost you 25000 I don't have no choices. So they start digging up the, the, the parking lot. Thank God we don't have a Wednesday service. Friday comes around. It's not fixed. It looks like a B-52's flown over our parking lot. There's holes everywhere. And Pastor is freaking out. I am losing it. I mean I am what are we gonna do? It's bad. What are we gonna I mean I'm not good at all. I'm horrible. And I walk in and I look at Shelly and I said, This isn't good. I don't know what we're, da 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 da. I mean, I am spewing doubt and unbelief. God doesn't even exist in my life. It's so bad. Thank God I had a wife. She looked at me and every now and then she'll kind of say this out of her mouth. She'll say, Stormy Swan. And when I hear that, it's, Yes, dear. <laughs> and she said that and she said, You need to get into faith and believe God. I wanted to lay hands on her too for a little bit. (laughs) She was right. So I put on my coat, my stocking cap, my gloves. I came walking back up in here. And it it was so cold in here now you could see your breath. And I began to pace in here and I began to walk. And I said, Lord, stir faith back up. You're the God who takes what's impossible and you make it possible. You begin to move. And I mean, I begin to call on the name of the Lord. And I literally could sense my faith. I started speaking the scriptures that my God can do all things. He's the God who blesses. He's, he's the God who splits the sea. He's the God who raises. my And I'm telling you, something shifted. And so I began to petition our God and said, Father God, I think you're working in it. So everything got fixed. no. Wednesday comes around, still no heat. We've now been two weeks without heat. And I'm telling you, my flesh would want a buck. And the guy said, we're going to be done by Thursday. I said, do you got to be gone done by Thursday? Got to be done. Thursday, he still wasn't done. We'll be done by lunch. He wasn't done. Man, I came back in here and I said, Father God, I ask you to move. I, I be begin to call out to God. I begin to call on the name of the Lord. I thank you, Father God. I thank you. Three o'clock, he came to my office and he said, I think it'll hold a pressure test. He said, now the problem we run into is we got to get the city to come out here to prove it and turn it back on. And he said, that may be the greatest miracle today. And I looked and said, my God's the God who blesses the righteous and his favor surrounds us like a shield. And I said, Lord, right now you favor whoever with that city's got to get out here. This guy came up, five o'clock, the heater was blowing in here and I was doing cartwheels, we had been uh, 14 or 15 days without any heat in this building at all and nothing broke, nothing. And that's the end of the story. Oh no, that's not the end of the story. We have service in here the next Sunday. Monday morning, the guy from the company that fixed it, he said, hey, I thought I ought to come and see you. And I said, oh yeah. And he said, yeah. He said, I want to personally bring you the bill. This is in the Greek. Son of a begin to go. I, was like, oh. I knew what this meant. He laid it on my desk and I looked at him. 43,000. <laughs> I said, I thank my God the streets in heaven are paved with gold, man. I thank my God. My God is going to bless me. And so he looked at me and he said, now I want you to know your parking lot's all tore up. He said, this 43,000 doesn't cover the patch job. For that to get repaired. This is only for what we did. I said, alright. Alright. And I remember looking up right there in my office. And I said, I thank you, Father God. Your name is Jehovah Jireh. You're the God who provides. Your name's is El Shaddai. I said, I don't know how you're going to do all this. But you're going to do it. A couple of days later, this guy showed up to give me a bid on the parking lot. Me and Matt were out there. And so I said, Okay. What's it going to cost to patch this up? And he said, well, i got two options for you. And I said, well, what's that? He said, one, I can patch it for 12000 Or two, he said, I can do you a whole brand new parking lot, every bit of it for a million. We looked at it. A, a million? You can do it for a million? So I said, well, you know what? We better do the 12000 option. So now I'm up to 55000 And God is faithful. God is, I I still don't know how God did everything he did, but he did. Now, here's what I want you to think about this. Most Sunday mornings when I get here early and it's pretty out, I I sit right here under this awning and I drink coffee and I just talk to Jesus and everything. And throughout the year, there's times when I want to get a little antsy about stuff and my faith tries to waver. God reminds me of those scars in the parking lot. He says, Remember that scar and remember what I'm talking about where our our concrete was all tore up. And I said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and it stirs faith. Ah, That's the same God who fixed my parking lot. That's the same God who put that gas line. He doesn't move me a bit because my God is faithful. And so understand this. Every one of us have opportunities in this life to just freak out, to throw in the towel. Well, we can believe God. Go with me, one last scripture. I got you, got you to get to where you can see this. Go to 1 Kings chapter eight. 1 Kings chapter eight. The reason I tell you that story, guys, is again, God will move within our lives when we begin to look at him and trust him. And we look and we pray and we believe the scriptures and we tell God, oh my God, this is what he does. This is what he does. I'm, I'm telling you, when you learn to live by faith and everything, your life's adventures are gonna be a lot better than Peter Pan's ever were, I promise you. I mean, it, it's incredible. You know why? Because God moves. First Kings chapter 8. I'm in Second Kings. First Kings chapter 8, verse 54. Woo, I stumbled across this one day. And so it was when Solomon finished praying all this prayer and supplication to the Lord that he rose before the altar of the Lord from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread up to heaven. What a position right there. That's one of our greatest battle positions. He's got his hands to heaven like, Father God, I, I, I receive. I, I, I need you. I need you. One of the greatest postures that we can get into. It's a form of saying, Father God, you're the only answer I got. Then he stood and he blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice saying, blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel According to all that he promised, there has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. Now understand this, guys. When God promises, God means it. He's not kidding. Verse 57. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers may not leave us nor forsake us, that he may incline our hearts to himself to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, which he commanded our fathers. And may these words of mine, which I have made supplication before the Lord, be near the Lord our God day and night, that he may maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of the people Israel each day may require. Now think about this. He said right here that, may, that he may maintain the cause of his servant. My words, God sees your cause. He sees your heart as a servant. And again, the thing, we go and pray and we say, oh, Father God, I thank you. Move on my behalf. And then he goes on to say in verse 60, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God. There is no other. Let your heart therefore be loyal to the Lord our God, to walk in his statues and keep his commandments all these days. This is a a wholehearted devotion to God and his word that says, you know what, God? I'm all in. I'm loyal. I put my trust in you. Now, I can tell you over the years of these different types of battles, when stuff happens, I, I can get anxious. I can fret or I can say, God's got this. God's got this. I'm going to trust you, Father God. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to walk through this. And I, I've seen his faithfulness over and over. There's so many faith landmarks around this building that God always reminds me of. Let me tell you one more real quick. One year we had this old chiller and it started acting up. We had these two 30-ton compressors. They were huge. One of them went down. And I said to the guy, I said, how, how much will it cost to fix that? And he goes, Pastor, it's so old, it can't be fixed. I said, what do you mean it can't be fixed? And he said, it's done. I said, what's my option? And he said, a new chiller. I said, what's that gonna run? And he goes, 75,000. Okay, okay. So I went before God, petitioned God. I said, Father God, you hear the heart of your servant right now. I'm needing you to work. I'm needing you work however you choose. I'm needing you to go to work for I believe you and trust you. They pulled up with a crane and they set that new one in there. When they set that new one in there, I wasn't sure how God was going to pay for it. (laughs) But I said, Lord, it's your house, it's your bill. (laughs) It's your house, it's your bill. month and I knew this bill was going to come And day by day I'd say oh my father his name is Jehovah Jireh he's the provider my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills my God I say thank you father God thank you father God this guy calls me one day and says pastor you at home and I said I'm at home he said can I come by your house and see you Well, sometimes that's not good as a pastor sometimes people come by and say hey we're leaving the church we've had it with you I said, yeah, come on by. And so he rings the doorbell and his wife's standing there. And he said, I got good news, pastor. And so I said, well, come on in. And he threw this check down on my couch. It's kind of like the good, the bad, and the ugly. He's looking at me and I'm looking at him. And, I'm, I man, I'm itching. I want to look at it. He said, pick it up and look at it. Picked it up and looked at it. He said, I don't know what's going on. I never told anybody what we owed. I didn't tell anybody. Shelling knew. Our board knew. I, the check was for $75,000. And I looked and I said, Oh, Father God, oh, Father God, you, you are so, so good. Oh, I got to get you out of here. Let me tell you what happened. He said, I've had a piece of land that was supposed to sell. He said, I've had it up on the market for a year after, it would never sell. And he said, you know, 30 days ago, just out of the blue, it sold. And the Lord told me, I'm supposed to give you this money. He said, I don't know why it sold. And I thought, I know why it sold. And so again, the faithfulness of God. So again, there's days I walk out in the parking lot and I'll look at that chiller. And you know what that chiller says? God's faithful. And I walk out there and I see the scars in the parking lot. And I stroll by and I, oh my God has been so faithful. He's been so faithful. Again, I want to hide. Man, let, let faith be rekindled in you. Stir up heaven right now, okay? Why don't you stand up? Woo, we got to go, we got to go. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. us as the just to live by faith. And Lord, right now in your house, I ask you to stir up faith among your servants. And Lord, you said in Hebrews eleven six, without faith it's impossible to please you. Now, I'm going to ask you right now, just right now, if you're in great need you're not doing this I, I can't answer your prayers okay but if you got something that, that seems hopeless or an area of your life that you says this would be a god deal man raise your hands heaven let's raise your hands Ooh, Father God, you see hands raised up right now. Now, Lord, in here, we stir up faith in you. We stir up faith in your word, in your promises, that you're everything you said you would be. We ask you to bless right now. And, Lord, we ask you to move on our behalf in those situations. And we're honored to call you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to give you a tidbit, and you got to go. i got to shut up, okay? They'll fire me from the nursery. You get in agreement with someone that prays, then don't negate the prayers by your mouth, okay? When they say, we're going to agree with you in prayer that God's going to move, God's going to bless you, and then don't walk out of here and say, Dear God, I don't know how we're going to do this. I, we're broke, busted, disgusted, never to be trusted. No, no, you got to keep your mouth in line, okay? You're dismissed to go. If you need prayer, come down here. We'll pray for you. Be sure and get your kids quick so the nursery workers don't get mad at me. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebeck.com.